Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you for standing by. Welcome to the Stone Co. Fourth Quarter and Fiscal Year 2022 Earnings Conference Call. By now, everyone should have access to our earnings release. The company has also posted a presentation to go along with its call. All material can be found at www.stone.co on the Investor Relations section. Throughout this conference call, the company will be presenting non-IFRS financial information, including adjusted net income and adjusted net cash. These are important financial measures for the company, but are not financial measures as defined by IFRS. Reconciliations of the company's non-IFRS financial information to the IFRS financial information appear in today's press release. Finally, before we begin our formal remarks, I would like to remind everyone that today's discussion might include forward-looking statements. These forward-looking statements are not guarantees of future performance, and therefore, you should not put undue reliance on them. These statements are subject to numerous risks and uncertainties that could cause actual results to differ materially from the company's expectations. Please refer to the forward-looking statements disclosure in the company's earnings press release. In addition, Many of the risks regarding the business are disclosed in the company's Form 20F, filed with the Securities and Exchange Commission, which is available at www.sec.gov. I would now like to turn the conference over to your host, Raphael Martin, VP of Finance and Investor Relations Officer at Stoneco. Please proceed. Thank you, Operator, and good evening, everyone. Joining us today on the call, we have our CEO and board member, Thiago Piau, and our Chief Strategy Officer, Liam Matos. Today, we'll present our fourth quarter 2022 results, discuss some recent trends, and provide an updated outlook for our business. I will now pass it over to Thiago so he can share some highlights of our performance. Thiago? Thank you, Rafa, and good evening, everyone. Let me start by reviewing the key highlights for the year in fourth quarter 2022 that we lay out on slide four of our presentation. We successfully drove strong growth with improvement in profitability. Our revenue doubled in 2022, while our adjusted net income reached 526 million reais. In the quarter, adjusted net income reached 235 million reais, a 44% sequential growth. This achievement was largely a result of a successful price execution and strong operational leverage, while we improve engagement with our clients and continue to invest in our growth. We generated increasingly stronger cash flows. Our company is generating cash in a very consistent way and has a strong balance sheet and liquidity to fund its growth ahead. Our adjusted net cash increased by 1.2 billion reais in 2022 and 385 million reais in the fourth quarter alone. We expect that our cash flow generation will remain strong in 2023. In financial services, we expanded our client base, offered new solutions, and captured higher take rates. In 2022, we generated strong profitable growth in our client base while improving unit economics, both through price execution and increase in monetization from our banking solutions. In the fourth quarter, MSMB TPV grew 23% year-on-year, almost two times the industry growth. Active client base grew 48% year-on-year to 2.5 million merchants, 
at the same time that we increased take rates by 50 pips compared to last year. Additionally, total banking deposits reached 4 billion reais, 3.6 billion of which in the MSMB segment, reaching almost 693,000 active banking clients. I think such results show our ability to pass along price increases, gain market share, and improve engagement with our clients at the same time. In software, we gain scale, improve operating margins, and advance our product integration. Software revenue grew 21% year-on-year in the fourth quarter, and our adjusted EBITDA margin reached 16.2% in the fourth quarter, the highest margin since we acquired the business. We gain efficiency while also investing in several areas to better serve our clients, like customer service and product integrations. We've integrated our financial services platform to POS and ERP solutions in strategic verticals, opening a key cross-sell opportunity, which we believe is unique within the industry. Last, we enhance the capabilities necessary to execute the next phase for Stone. We added to our team experienced and seasoned leaders, strengthening key capabilities in banking, credit, product, tech, and risk, which will be crucial for our plans in the coming years. I'm excited to share these results with you, which marks the completion of our turnaround in 2022 with the company well-positioned to continue its successful story. Most importantly, we have executed our turnaround, maintaining our special culture and strong devotion to serve our clients. Finally, we're also successfully completing our CEO transition, and I'm confident that under Pedro's leadership, Stone will evolve on an even stronger future and 2023, we'll start a new chapter in our journey. Now, I'm very happy to bring Pedro to send a message to all of you. Thank you, Thiago, and good evening, everyone. I'm really excited to be here and looking forward to leading the team in our journey. Over the first months of this transition, I was able to see how much has been delivered in 2022 and how well set the company is to address the opportunities we see ahead of us. I was also positively impressed by the quality of our people and our strong culture. The team has defined clear priorities for 2023, and I see this as an important first step for the path ahead. I'll take the CEO role in April, and today we'll participate in the call only as a listener. I look forward to meeting all of you soon. Thiago, back to you. Thank you, Pedro. It's great to have you on board, and I wish you great success. I will now pass it over to Leah, who will provide more details about our fourth quarter performance and strategic updates. Leah? Thank you, Thiago, and good evening, everyone. I will start on slide five with some highlights of our overall performance. In the fourth quarter, we surpassed our guidance in all metrics, reaching 2.7 billion reais in total revenue, 316 million reais in adjusted EBT, and 235 million reais in adjusted net income. As Thiago already mentioned, this quarter reinforced a good balance between growth and profitability within our business. Now let's move directly to slide seven, so we can discuss our performance in the financial services segment. In the fourth quarter of 22, revenue increased 49% year over year to reach 2.3 billion reais. Adjusted EBT increased to 286 million reais, with margins increasing from negative levels in the fourth quarter of 21 
to 12.4% in the fourth quarter of 22, showing our discipline in allocating capital to grow our financial services platform. Moving to slide eight, our MSMB payments client base increased by 48% year over year to 2.5 million active merchants with 212,000 net addition of clients. Regarding our net ads trend, our focus has been and will continue to be on onboarding the best clients, both in SMB and in micro segments, reaching healthy levels of contribution margin per client, higher average CPV within each client tier, and lower churn. Also, by optimizing our commercial strategy of tone and stone offerings within our multiple sales channels, we were once again able to see client-based growth in all client tiers this quarter. I think this approach is pretty unique in the market and has led us to good levels of profitable TPV growth, as I will show on the next page. MSNB TPV reached 82 billion reais in the quarter, 4% higher than the high end of our guidance of between 78 and 79 billion reais, and growing 23% year over year, almost two times industry growth levels. We were able to produce that growth while increasing our take rates by 50 basis points year over year. MSNB take rate remained stable sequentially at 2.21%, which was positively impacted by higher average prices in the quarter and positive client mix, offset by a seasonal increase in debit over credit volumes. On slide 10, I show some highlights of our banking business, which has evolved significantly in 2022. This quarter, we have reached 693,000 merchants actively using our banking solution, a 41% year-over-year increase, with client deposits growing 84% in the same period, reaching 3.6 billion reais in the fourth quarter of 22. I think the evolution in overall client deposits speaks to the quality of our client base with a healthy mix in terms of average TPV and the value of having our banking solution attached to our acquiring solution with no incremental marketing investments. Not only does that provide a superior experience to our clients who can rely on having the complete banking and acquiring experience in one single app, it also provides us with a steady flow of cash in volumes from card TPV, PIX, and other payment methods. As an example of this additional engagement, fixed in volumes tripled in 2022 to 44 billion reais and increased 22% quarter over quarter, mainly driven by higher PIX P2M volumes. Another important highlight worth mentioning is the launch of SuperContatom in the first quarter of 23, our full banking solution for micro clients. We expect SuperContatom to drive growth of overall level of deposits and banking revenue going forward. I also want to take a brief moment to update you on where we are on credit. Our focus in the second half of 22 was on building a fully automated process for credit underwriting and granting through the Stone app. We also made our decision models more sophisticated through enhancement of data, strengthened the team, reviewed and approved our risk policies, and ran the first test with a small number of clients with positive initial results. In the first half of 2023, we expect to expand the size of our testing with clients, with an emphasis on management of guarantees, testing and improving the quality of the decision models, and credit lifecycle monitoring and renegotiation through the app. 
In the second half of the year, we want to begin scaling working capital loans to our clients. We will take a conservative approach, and the level and speed at which we do so will depend on the macro scenario and our risk appetites. Our initial focus will be providing working capital loans to the SMB segment. We're also planning the launch of credit cards to both micro and SMB segments and are exploring opportunities for cross-selling credit in links. Moving to slide 11, I want to briefly talk about key accounts. As we've been reinforcing for some quarters already, we have been shifting our priority from sub-acquiring business to platform services within this segment. I want to remind our investors that platform services encompass a range of client segments that distribute our solution by integrating our payments and banking platforms to their own offerings, such as software providers, e-commerce platforms, and omnichannel retailers. We see an attractive opportunity to continue to serve these client segments, which is evident by the strong level of growth in platform services TPV. The effect of this decision is a decline in sub-acquiring volumes and an improvement in overall key account take rate. This quarter, key account TPV decreased 18% year-over-year due to a 57% decrease in sub-acquired volumes and an increase of 32% in platform services TPV. In slides 12 and 13, I'm going to shift to discuss some performance highlights of our software segment. In slide 12, we can see a consistent growth in our top line combined with improvement in our operating margins. Revenue grew 21% year-over-year to 376 million reais, and our adjusted EBITDA more than doubled year-over-year to 61 million reais, with adjusted EBITDA margin increasing 760 basis points to 16.2%. This improvement in margins is mainly related to dilution of fixed costs, normalized cloud costs, and ongoing cost control efforts. In slide 13, I will recap some elements of our strategic evolution in software. Our core POS and ERP continues to be the driver of segment growth, with revenues increasing 23% year-over-year due to an increase in locations and in average tickets. The performance in the core reflects the unique attributes and vertical breadth of our solutions that have a leadership position in several retail verticals, such as apparel, footwear, optics, pharma, among others. As we evolve our software strategy, we see the central priority of our digital solutions being to enable those brick-and-mortar clients to sell more through digital channels by using our marketplace hub, e-commerce platform, or order management system. Digital solutions had a lower growth of 4% this quarter, especially due to the weaker performance of our ads and impulse businesses. A crucial evolution in 2022 was the integration of our financial services platform to POS and ERP solutions in strategic software verticals. We believe this will be key for us as it opens up an important cross-sell opportunity to be explored through differentiated offerings to our clients. The focus for 2023 on that front will be to build the optimal go-to-market strategy, leveraging both the stone distribution through the hubs as well as our software distribution franchisees. Finally, as we did in 2022, in 2023, we will maintain the same approach to cost discipline while we invest in developing new products, improve our clients' experience, and explore selective M&A opportunities to gain ground on new strategic verticals.
Now I want to pass it over to Rafa so he can discuss in more detail some of our key financial metrics. Rafa? Thank you, Leah. I will now begin on slide 14 to discuss the evolution of our costs and expenses. Before I talk about the quarterly evolution, I would like to zoom out to the evolution in the year because I think it shows the tangible results of our focus in improving the profitability of the business. Throughout 2022, we saw operating leverage gains in almost all lines. Our cost and expenses as a percentage of revenue decreased more than 1,400 basis points in the fourth quarter compared to the prior year. Cost of services decreased from 34.5% of revenue in the fourth quarter 2021 to 25.8% this quarter, a gain of 870 basis points. Our selling expenses as a percentage of revenue decreased 200 basis points to 15%. Administrative expenses grew less than our revenue, gaining 130 basis points of operational leverage. Financial expenses decreased 270 basis points as a percentage of revenue as our positive cash flow generation gave us comfort to use more of our own cash to fund our prepayment business. Now, let me give the main highlights of our sequential quarterly evolution. Cost of services as a percentage of revenue decreased 100 basis points to 25.8%, mainly due to lower costs in software and efficiency gains in our registry business tags, logistics, and banking. Administrative expenses as a percentage of revenue increased 100 basis points to 11%, mostly driven by non-recurring, higher expenses related to third-party advisory and seasonal personnel expenses. As Leah will detail shortly, in 2023, a key priority for us is OPEX discipline, and we do not expect this line to grow more than inflation along this year. We expect that administrative expenses will reduce on an absolute basis in the first quarter 2023. Selling expenses decreased around 40 basis points as a percentage of revenue as a result of roughly stable marketing expenses and despite increased investments in our sales force. Following the trend seen in the third quarter 2022, financial expenses decreased 3.1% quarter over quarter and as a percentage of revenue decreased 380 basis points to reach 33.4%. This is mainly explained by higher use of our own cash to fund our prepayment operations. Although having a positive effect in financial expenses, this has, on the other hand, led to a decrease of interest on cash, as noted by other financial income decreasing 20.6 million reais quarter over quarter. Other expenses increased to 85.2 million reais in the quarter, increasing 90 basis points as a percentage of revenue. The quarterly increase was mainly due to impairment from proprietary operational software and write-off of non-core assets, amounting to 33.7 million reais, which were partially compensated by a gain in the sale of POS. As shown in slide 15, in addition to our P&L evolution, we have been consistently generating cash and improving our liquidity. Our adjusted net cash balance improved by around 385 million reais in the quarter, reaching 3.5 billion at year end. In the year, adjusted net cash increased by 1.2 billion reais. As I just mentioned, we have used a little more of the cash generated by our business to fund our prepayment operations, given our already very strong cash position. Before I talk about our first quarter 2023 outlook, 
a brief comment on a change we are making starting next quarter regarding our non-IFRS adjusted metrics. Starting next quarter, our managerial adjustments to IFRS results will no longer include adjustments related to share-based compensation expenses. Until now, we adjusted those expenses related to extraordinary grants and already did not adjust share-based expenses related to annual recurring incentive plans. To better align calculation, comparability, and simplifying the understanding of our financial results, we decided to be closer to IFRS reporting metric and stop adjusting all share-based compensation expenses from our results from the first quarter 2023 onwards. To help you reconcile our future results, we have provided in the appendix of our presentation and in our earnings release, historical numbers with the new adjustment policy. Now, moving to our first quarter 2023 outlook on page 16. We expect total revenue and income above 2.6 billion reais in the first quarter, representing an year-over-year growth above 25.6%. For MSMB TPV, we expect volumes between 77 and 78 billion reais in the first quarter, compared with 63.4 billion reais in the first quarter of 2022, representing a year-over-year growth between 21.5 and 23.1%. Finally, already considering share-based compensation fully expensed in our income statement, we expect adjusted EBT of more than 265 million reais compared to 276 million reais for the fourth quarter. As a reminder, the first quarter is usually seasonally weaker compared to fourth quarters because of higher volumes transacted during holiday season at year-end. With that, let me turn the conference back to Leah so she can comment a bit on our priorities for 2023. Leah? Thanks, Hafa. In 2022, we have set up a strong foundation to execute on our 2023 and longer-term priorities. Let me just highlight where our focus as a team will be this year. You can follow those highlights on page 17 of our presentation. First, we will keep growing efficiently. Our plans for this year contemplate more OPEX discipline and a continued focus on MSMB growth while maintaining our approach to pricing based on internal return hurdles, allocating capital wisely. It is also imperative that we maintain a strong cash flow generation and overall liquidity position. This provides us with more flexibility to invest in the growth of our business. We will continue to work hard to expand our core through the evolution of our banking offers to micro and SMB clients, leading to higher client engagements. Together with this, we're on track to relaunch our working capital solution and launch our debit and credit cards to MSMB clients. We will further develop the execution of our software strategy, strengthening our approach to cross-sell financial services into software client base with differentiated integrated solutions. Finally, after an enormous evolution on this front in 2022, we will maintain focus on evolving our management system and enhancing Stone's unique culture. With that said, operator, can you please open the call up to questions? We will now begin the question and answer session. To ask a question, you may press star, then one on your touchtone phone. If you are using a speakerphone, please pick up your handset before pressing the keys. If at any time your question has been addressed and you would like to withdraw your question, please press star, then two. 
At this time, we will pause momentarily to assemble our roster. The first question today comes from Sharik Sumar with Evercore ISI. Please go ahead. Thanks a lot for taking my question. Um, I just wanted to get a sense on the uh, on the margin outlook for 2023. I mean, I know operating efficiency is one of the key priorities, but how should we think about the trajectory for margin expansion? Like, based on the guidance that you have said, it seems like first quarter is going to be more or less uh, flattish. But can we expect to see a good ramp up for for the remaining three quarters after that? Thank you. Hi, Sharik. Uh, Rafael here. Thank you for the question. So, uh, although we are not providing specific guidance for the full year, I think that, uh, as you said, our guidance for the first quarter implies uh, pretty much the same EBT margin as the fourth, despite the weaker seasonality of the first quarter. Uh, when we look over time, we do expect to continue improving the profitability of our business. So, there are quarterly seasonalities, but this is the overall trend that we expect. And I think that the main drivers uh, for this improvement over time is, as you said, number one, OPEC discipline, especially in administrative expenses, uh, higher client monetization, right? New solutions, when they kick in uh, and we start to have contribution margins from those solutions, we are seeing this already happening with banking, for example, which is evolving very well. And I think that the natural operational leverage as we continue to grow our business with a healthy pricing policy, I think this naturally tends to dilute fixed costs in the company. So I think that those are the main uh, drivers that we see over time for margins. Um, thank you. And just have a quick uh, follow-up on the top-line uh, guidance of about $2.6 billion. I mean, I understand that there is some sort of seasonality that uh, is factored in in the first quarter. But if I look back historically, like you have been gaining uh, top-line growth sequentially by more than or approximately 200 million reais. So is that like a good trend? Like what would make the this cause to a slowdown in the uh, in 2023. Yeah, so uh, as you said, Rick, usually uh, top line of, of companies involved in retail, they tend to be soft in the first quarter. And if you remember, the first quarter of 2022 was the, the quarter that we strongly increased prices, for example. So, of course, this uh, makes the comps for, for in terms of year-over-year growth uh, tougher. But I think that we, we as we said uh, in previous calls, we have been balancing growth and profitability to levels that we think is healthy for the company and uh, that will enable us to deliver on our strategies while improving the profitability of the company. Thank you so much, yeah. Thank you. The next question comes from Josh Slager with Cantor Fitzgerald. Please go ahead. Hey team, this is Will Carlson on for Josh Siegler. Uh, congrats on the quarter. Uh, wondering if you guys can give any color on if there's been any material shift in terms of TPV year to date. And uh, additionally, are you seeing any uh, payment headwinds in the industry? Thank you. Our 
So, uh, hi, Will. This is Leah here. Uh, no different trends, I think, in terms of TPV trends. Uh, the guidance that we gave last quarter for MSV TPV implied a growth of around 18%, and we indicated in that call that our MSV TPV growth in 2023 should be higher than that. And our current guidance in the for, uh, first quarter of 23 reinforces this indication, and our view uh, didn't really change since uh, uh, what we last said in the earning, in the last earnings call. Uh, Thiago, want to add something? Yeah, Leah, thank you. Hi, Will. This is Thiago speaking. I think that in terms of trends, the only thing that we are seeing, which is actually a good um, a good result, is that peaks in is increasing a lot. So we are seeing that as the banking increase engagement with our clients, we experience more cashing volumes coming from PICs, both from P2P and P2M type of transactions. So I think that we are capturing this evolution and this, and we do not account in our TPV uh, that additional volume that comes from PICs. So it's a positive effect that we, that we are seeing in our banking execution. Thanks, team. That's very helpful. Thank you, Will. Thanks, Will. The next, the next question comes from Tito Lobardo with Goldman Sachs. Please go ahead. Hi. Good evening. Thank you for the call uh, and taking my question. Uh, a couple of questions. Um, I guess first, you know, I think you know, good job on you know maintaining the take rates despite you know, the seasonality. Um, and and you know the TPV growth was still strong. So just how, how do you think about I guess one of the competitive environment in your ability to to further reprice because it does seem that you know, you were able to gain gain some share in the MSMB segment. Uh, do you think that's sustainable? Do you think there's still room to to increase pricing anymore from here? Uh, just to think about how that that can evolve. And then my second question, you know, also, um, you know, good on the financial expenses. You know, you continue to use your balance sheet there. Do you see more room to, you know, sort of use some of your, the cash on your balance sheet to continue to reduce your financial expenses here? Or, or, you know, what's the level that you feel comfortable at to, to kind of reduce those, those financial expenses uh, further? Uh, thank you. Hi, Tito. Thiago here. I would take the first part, first part of your question. I think that regarding competition, the landscape has been much more stable uh, throughout the year, and it continued to do so in fourth quarter. In terms of take rate, as you just said, there are some seasonalities between third and fourth quarter because of additional debit volumes. So maintaining take rate is a positive for us. And because of that seasonality, we expect take rate to increase in the MSMB in the first quarter as the seasonality gets more credit than debit on the first quarter. So we think that the industry now have a very healthy level in terms of prices. All players adjusted prices upwards over the last year, mainly because of the cost of capital that obviously increased to everybody, and uh, competition continues to be on a rational rational level. Uh, Theodore, Rafael here. Uh, regarding your second part of the question about financial expenses, uh, as we have mentioned, uh, the, the cash generation of the business gave us comfort to use part of uh, our own cash to reduce financial expenses. Uh, I think that we are a more stable level now, so when you look at our financial expenses compared to our revenue, I think that we shouldn't change much from where we are right now. So we have been doing this for two quarters in a row. Uh, 
And uh, as we have also indicated previously, uh, financial expenses should grow over time more in line with our TPV and uh, changes in interest rates in the country. So I think that we are comfortable where we are right now. And of course, we'll keep looking at opportunities to optimize uh, our uh, funding. Okay, great. Uh, thanks, Thiago. Thanks, Rafa. Thanks, Ciro. The next question comes from Jeff Cantwell with Wells Fargo. Please go ahead. Hey, thank you. I uh, appreciate this and nice results. I wanted to ask you um, if you could help us think through what we're seeing right now in MSMB, both on the TBB side and with take rate, um, you know, for the go forward, understanding that there are a lot of moving pieces with the macro right now. I was hoping we can kind of unpack the 50 basis point increase over the past 12 months and help us think that through uh, in the take rate going forward. And also, any thoughts on MSMB, TPB, as it's growing 23% right now, just trying to get a little more clarity on what, you know, how that might play out uh, over the course of 2023. Thanks very much. Hi, Jeff. Uh, Raphael here. Thank you for the question. Uh, I will start and then uh, I'll pass it to Leah to, to add. So when we think about take rates, I think uh, we still have opportunity to improve MSMB take rates. I think, uh, and when we look at not only pricing, right, which mostly drove our 50 bips take rate year over year increase, uh, we'll keep optimizing prices and, of course, trying to, uh, to improve unit economics, but also having the new solutions uh, especially banking and in the future credit uh, helping us with take rate. So the idea that we have is to keep improving monetization of our clients. We are already seeing that, not only in payments. Uh, and I think that the nice, uh, w what we observed that we liked was we were able to increase by 50 bips the take rate while growing faster than the market and the industry. So I think that this is something uh, also uh, for us to note. Uh, Aliyah, do you want to add? Uh, Hafa, if I may, I would I want to end to add three comments here. One, Jeff, is that the card association in Brazil have indicated that the industry uh, should grow between 14 and 18 percent this year, and we expect to continue to gain market share. So we will continue to grow faster than the industry. As we said, we see space to continue to increase take rates. We expect to do so in the first quarter and continue this trend because of our strategy of how we price our clients, seeing all the relationships that they have with us, with all the products. So as we add more capabilities to our offering, we have better space to offer a superior value proposition to them and then have better monetization. And I think that the ability to grow, gain market share, and increase take rates prove how strong our value proposition is. So those are the three comments I would like to add. Okay, that's great color. Thanks very much. And I wanted to ask a follow-up in the financial services segment uh, with key accounts, and this is in reference to slide 11. What's interesting, uh, this is in the presentation, what's interesting is the, the platform services that you're referencing. I mean, that increased by 32%, and you're highlighting that the take rate has increased by 35 bips over the past year. So, the question is, how much further does that have to go? Because we can see the sub-acquirer piece declining. I'm curious, you know, if you can help us think through a little more about the go-forward for KCOW, TPB coming from platform services, 
and also what that could mean for the state grade in the key account piece going forward. Thanks very much. Hi, Jeff. I'm going to start here, Leah, and then uh, if Thiago wants to compliment. Um, so this uh, shift that we're seeing in terms of TPV in key accounts, I mean, we've, we've been talking about this over the last quarters uh, in terms of deprioritizing subacquired volumes. Our approach there is completely opportunistic. We have our pricing policies and our hurdles, and, and, and TPV uh, may come or may not. That's not a focus for us. Our focus really is on the platform service, uh, services uh, clients. And those clients, they have higher take rates simply as a result of uh, the, the value that we offer to those clients by enabling them to integrate to our payments and banking platforms uh, and, and distribute those solutions integrated to their offerings like software clients, e-commerce platforms, marketplaces. So we continue to see uh, an opportunity to invest in this client segment so we can expect healthy TPV growth uh, in that part of, of the key accounts business, and that will impact positively, positively take rates as well. Chago, anything you want to add? I think you said it all. Just a small comment is that, Jeff, we see platform services almost like a type of distribution channel where we can access more merchants and more SMBs through third parties. I think that the team has the ability to keep a similar pace of what we are executing today, and that will result in better take rates for the whole uh, key account um, segment, as Leah just mentioned. Okay, that's great. Thanks very much. Appreciate it. Thanks, Jeff. The next question comes from K.O. DiPrato with Banco UBS. Please go ahead. Hello, everyone. Uh, good evening. So thanks for the opportunity to ask questions. I have uh, two on my side, please. Uh, the first one is related to the, the banking business. So you reached a 3.6 billion deposits this quarter. And I'm wondering here, what are the next steps of the company in this front? Uh, have you already requested any banking license to the Brazilian Central Bank? If yes, what type of license? Uh, and what is the timeline for this? And finally, if you think about starting paying any yield on the pot in order to foster growth going forward, please. And then I will follow up with my second question. Thank you. Hi, Caio. This is Thiago speaking. Actually, we have 4 billion reais in deposits, 3.6 billion reais from the MSMB segment. So there are some deposits from the key account segments too, but the total deposit today is 4 billion reais. We expect that our deposits will continue to increase because engagements with the banking solutions are increasing in all segments, mainly the MSMB ones. In the first quarter, we launched a new offering for micro-merchants called Super Contaton, and we have good initial results. So we think that uh, these trends will continue. Uh, and I, I think that in terms of the yields, today we don't offer uh, yields on deposits to our clients. Um, however, uh, those deposits, uh, they stay 100% in collateralized treasury floating bills by the central bank. So we take interest on those deposits. And I think that we will continue to execute the bank strategy uh, like that. Um, we are not um, executing 
any different type of license at this moment. We think that the execution we have has a very low risk and provides good economics to the company. Kayo, okay, uh, I just add one point. I think it's uh, one sure. other relevant aspect of the evolution of banking, which is we're planning the launch of our credit cards um, in, in this year, both for micro and SMB clients. So that's an example of, you know, uh, additional feature that we will offer that we expect to increase engagement with our banking solution. And I think I spoke about this in the in the call, but. Uh, the evolution in outstanding deposits really speaks to the quality of the client base and having the banking attached to the acquiring solution. So that pretty much guarantees that cash in volume from TPV, from PIX, as Thiago mentioned, and other payment methods into the banking account. So I think that was just the element that I wanted to add. Okay. Thank you very much, uh, Leah, as well. And the other question, if I may, is related to your uh, funding source as well. If you can please detail a little bit more, uh, like what was the breakdown of our funding sources from prepayment operations this quarter? And if you can please uh, expand what you are seeing in terms of funding cost evolution since the beginning of the year in those lines, please. Thank you very much. Uh, hi, Kyle. Uh, Rafael here. So the, the majority of our funding sources for prepayment uh, is the sale of receivables that we do to fund that uh, operation. We also have uh, some debt, right, on our balance sheet. Uh, when we look at uh, the cost and the spread, the spread they have both in debt and uh, in the sale of receivables, they have even slightly decreased quarter over quarter. So I think that we are not seeing big changes there. Of course, as we generate more cash and bring uh, uh, additional cash from our operations, we have more flexibility to deploy that uh, in our business, but still today is the minority part um, uh, of our fund is being at own cash, right, from uh, own capital. So, and that's even important because when you have different capital structures and different players with more equity, for example, deployed in that operation, of course, you could have less financial expenses, right? So, um, but in our case, I think that uh, this has been the case given the growth of the company, right? Okay, thank you very much. Have fun, Chago and Leah. Thank you, Kai. The next question comes from William Berenjard with Itau BBA. Please go ahead. Good night, everybody. Thanks for the opportunity. So I have a question related to the MSNB volume growth and how it reflects into your SGNA. So uh, it seems selling expenses are growing above TPV growth, even the MSMB growth, okay? So I'd like to understand uh, how do you expect this dynamic to unfold in 2023? And if, uh, as volumes growth are already healthy, so should we assume you will prioritize in 2023 uh, controlling these this selling expenses? And, and, th and if this is not the case, uh, why is this your choice? Uh, hi, William. Rafael here. Uh, so I think that one of the dynamics in the selling expenses is when we think about the quality of merchants that Leah said, for only is not only important to bring a client uh, not only with a better TPV in given the cohort uh, of the client, the tier of the client, but also a profitable client with a good contribution margin. So uh, that's why when we look at selling expenses, 
and uh, compared to revenue, we have seen an improvement uh, quarter over quarter. Uh, this year, we will continue to invest uh, in our distribution because we do see profitable unit economics. So the way we look at selling expenses is whenever we see the new clients, the new vintages coming with healthy unit economics above the hurdles of return we have, we continue to invest, right? Um, uh, as it, it, it is public information, we are – uh, we have a marketing campaign in Brazil in the first quarter, right, with, uh, with Big Brother. Uh, this uh, has uh, marketing expenses in there, of course. Uh, a big part of that is non-cash because we have – this is a part of our agreement with Global back in 2021, 2020. Uh, and we believe that this is something that brings returns to the company. So uh, the selling expenses is, is really uh, a line that when we – have the opportunity to increase with good returns, we are happy, right? So I think that's, that's the, the dynamics uh, that we see in that line. Rafa, Thiago here. William, just to complement, I think that in summary, um, selling expenses uh, as a percentage of revenues are, are gaining leverage. There's still space to continue that trend, although we continue to invest on our growth. And as uh, Rafa said, I think that the agreement we made with Global gives us the ability to create a powerful brand in Brazil, both in stone and tone, and the differentiation of those brands are an important part of our strategy with a non-cash uh, investment because of the agreement we did with Grupo Global before. So I think that this is a, a, a positive and a good differentiation in terms of how we are building our brand. Okay, that's that's clear. Thanks for the answer. Thanks, William. The next question comes from Antonio Ruiz with Bank of America. Please go ahead. Hey, guys. Congrats on the results. So two questions on my side. Uh, the first one, if you could help us uh, uh, to, to better understand uh, the figures from ABEX that disclosed the guidance for well, there's their perspectives of 14 to 18 percent of TPV growth for the year. Uh, when you look at this number, uh, how, how do you think about it? Uh, we have some players uh, considering the number as conservative, as uh, not very conservative. Uh, what would be the main drivers uh, to, to reach this number here? And also, a second one on funding costs. Um, do you intend to keep using uh, cash? Um, as a way to reduce your funding costs in coming quarters. That's it on my side. Thank you. Hi, Antonio. Rafael here. So uh, regarding your first question, uh, that's right. ABEX mentioned 14 to 18% growth in the industry this year. Uh, they do have a lot of data, right? So uh, um, more data than we have. And, uh, and I think I would say that we are uh, internally looking, looking at the lower end of that range. Um, and, but at the same time, we are, we are looking at Chicago said to grow more than the industry. So we, we are not very worried with that uh, if it would be 14 or 18%. Um, regarding the second part of your question uh, in funding, uh, I think that, uh, as I mentioned before, we think that the financial expenses compared to the revenue, they should be pretty much where they are. Uh, we also we were always very conservative in the level of cash that we keep in our balance sheet. We have a lot of flexibility, strong liquidity to to be able to address opportunities for growth uh, quickly. And I think that this will continue to be the case, right? So I think that we are pretty much stabilized now in uh, in terms of funding. 
will always look to improve efficiency in funding, negotiation with our counterparties, but I think we are at a more stable level right now. Great. Thank you, guys. Thank you. The next question comes from Miha Ajirwana with HSCP. Please go ahead. Hi, thank you for taking my question. Uh, I uh, just wanted a clarification on the PPV growth. I understand the Apex guidance, but I think you mentioned that the MSMB segment for you would grow north of 18%. Is the number right, or could the growth be stronger? My second question is is on picks. So I understand that you do not include the picks volumes in your uh, TPV, but would it make sense to include at least the acquiring uh, picks TPV to the total volume base because uh, you can charge for the picks uh, P2B volume? Uh, and could you tell us what is the pricing for these picks uh, volumes, uh, P2B volumes? Thanks so much. Hi, Niha. I'm going to start here uh, your, to answer your question uh, regarding PICS, and then I will pass it over to Hafa. Um, I think uh, regarding PICS, uh, although, you know, we do monetize uh, PICS uh, P2M because that's a payment method that we enable our clients to accept through the uh, POS. So uh, I explained that the evolution in, in PIX TPV was mostly driven by PIX P2M volumes, what we've seen in terms of behavior within our client base. Also reflects overall trends in the market, which is the first uh, growth of TPV really came from substituting wire transfers and substitution for cash. Uh, but more recently, what we've seen is a trend more strong uh, towards uh, PICS P2M. So that's a modality that we do monetize. We do not inclu include uh, PICS in our overall TPV, but we will continue to bring color on that, that evolution going forward, which we see as very positive, because not only the PICS P2M is something that we monetize, but also it really improves engage engagement with our banking solution in all client tiers. So I think that's the message regarding uh, PICS. So I'll pass it all over to Hafa to, to get to your other question. Leah, if I could just clarify, you monetize the P2M PICS transactions and you include the revenues in your total revenues, but the volumes are currently not included in the TPV base. Perfect, exactly that. So we, we monetize PICS P2M, Leah, in line with debit, debit net MDRs. And that's included in our transactional revenue. Okay, so that would be about 60 basis points or so, 50, 60 basis points? Depends on client segment that we're talking about. It, it can range because uh, larger clients, naturally, are going to have a, a, a lower net MDR. Smaller clients are going to have a higher, but it's in line with that debit net MDR. And uh, Rafael here, regarding your, your first part of the question of PPG, I think you, you're right, right? When we say the, the 14 to 18% growth of ABEX, uh, we have uh, mentioned in our last earnings call that MSMB TPV should uh, grow over uh, above 18%, right, this year. And I think that this still holds true. Uh, our guidance for the first quarter implies over 20% growth. So I, I think Answering your question, yes, it is possible to be to be better, right, than the, the high end of Apex range. 
Perfect. If I can ask Pizan just one more question. Um, competition in the in the SMB space, uh, I believe uh, it is much more disciplined. You're not seeing anybody being aggressive on pricing, and you don't want to be aggressive on pricing. You want to focus on profitability this year. Please correct me if I'm wrong. What about the long tail? In the long tail, uh, would you like to be more aggressive in pricing, taking more shares, or are you seeing players being more aggressive? Uh, in terms of pricing in the long tail, if you could just give us uh, some color on both these segments separately, that would be very helpful. Thank you. Hi, Nihal. Thiago here. I think that about competition, as I said, I think that competition is much more stable now. In the SMB, uh, we price higher than our competitors, and in the micro space, we price in line with our competitors. I think that that's the color I can give you. Perfect. Thank you so much. Thank you, Nia. The next question comes from William Payne with Susquehanna. Please go ahead. Hi, guys. Uh, thank you very much for taking my question. Um, I, w I was thinking about credit, and uh, I guess this is very broad, but how do you think investors should think about the timing of the expansion of credit? Um, I know it was, it was a big part of the business, um, but then the company took a bit of a break recently. So um, just how should we think about the timing of the expansion of credit there? Hi, William. Uh, Leah here. Uh, so as I mentioned uh, just now, we are planning uh, to start scaling credit in the second half of 23. So I think in terms of the timing, that's what we're planning for. And we can expect, you know, expansion to happen more significantly towards 2024. That's what we uh, have in our plans and we can give color on. Okay, perfect. Um, and then I guess my follow-up here, um, while the company doesn't give longer-term uh, guidance, uh, do you generally see margin expansion from current levels over time? Uh, so I guess phrased another way, uh, do you feel that profitability margins now are, you know, have peaked or um, do they have more runway? Hi, William, Thiago here. I think that in terms of margin, margin as Rafael said, we see space to continue to increase margins. As we said, first quarter has a seasonal effect. So on a quarter-over-quarter basis, margin uh, should improve. And in terms of outlook, we are giving the outlook for the first quarter, and uh, we are giving space for Pedro to come in the first quarter earnings call and give more color about future outlook. Okay, perfect. Thank you, guys. Thank you, William. Thanks, William. The next question comes from Natalia Cornfield with J.P. Morgan. Please go ahead. Guys, uh, thank you for taking my question. I have two questions for you. The first one, I know that you are not considering buybacks of your bonds. However, given current prices at around like 68, 68 cents on the dollar, I'm, I'm wondering if that has changed. And uh, my second question is uh, back to funding. Just to understand how, and you mentioned here, the sale of receivables just to understand how sales receivables have been post-Americanas and you're funding the local market in general post-Americanas, not only the sales of receivables, but also the CGICs and uh, 
loans with banks. How has this been uh, post-Americanas for you? Those are my questions. Hi, Natalia. This is, this is Thiago speaking. In terms of sales of receivables, we do have many counterparts in Brazil in the local market. So I think that we, we have the ability to continue our strategy to fund our business with uh, sale of receivable without relevant changes in terms of uh, funding prices. So that's why we are confident with the guidance we gave. So if you see in the implied guidance, there's no material change in terms of how we fund our business or the prices we pay to get access to funding. So it's pretty much a regular execution for first quarter. In terms of the bonds, we do see an opportunity in terms of our bonds, in terms of the, the implied spreads, and we are always evaluating uh, uh, options to allocate capital wisely, and we are following closely uh, that, and we think that that is a good capital location opportunity for investors, and we are following this very closely. All right, so you, now you consider a possible buyback of the bonds at current prices. I think that that's not the, the statement I'm saying. I'm just saying that we are following closely, and we mm. see this as a good investment opportunity. We are following closely. Right. And uh, your sale of receivables, uh, you're saying that uh, hasn't changed from uh, post-Americanas, or like no, it, not even? It, has, uh, it, it hasn't changed in terms of volume, and uh, almost no change in terms of price because of the the number of counterparts we have, so no big changes in our execution. That's why we are confident with our guidance. There are no changes in terms of how we fund the business, no impact from the Americanas uh, event in Brazil. Okay. Thank you very much. Thank you, Natalia. This concludes our question and answer session. I would like to turn the conference back over to Tiago Piao for any closing remarks. Hi, everyone. As this is my last earnings call, I just would like to say a big thank you to all of you, especially to the incredible Stone team. It's a pleasure to lead this company. I learned a lot. I'm really excited with the path ahead. I think that this team will do amazing, and I'm here to support the business as a shareholder. Very happy with the transformation of Stone in the previous years. Thank you very much, and bye-bye. The conference has now concluded. Thank you for attending today's presentation. You may now disconnect.